You're listening to The Low and No Show, a podcast that tells the inspiring stories from brands and the founders. My name is Johnny Stevens, the founder of Better Without, the app that helps people discover low and no drinks. I'm sitting down with guests to hear their stories, learn about their products and the lessons they've learned. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Low and No Show. I am here today with Chris and Rose from Bax Botanics. If you haven't come across them, I don't know where you've been living because they are everywhere in the media, being picked up by BBC Good Food and, and win an award. So I won't do any more introduction. It'd be great to hear from you. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you doing, Johnny? You? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Very good. Good. So it'd be great to hear just a brief introduction about the brand um, and and how it came about. Okay. So well, it kind of goes back a number of years. We we have worked with Flavor, but we've we've worked together for the last twenty years, and um, we. Um, we originally were working uh, with a, a business called Taste the Wild, where we teach people about foraging and um, how to cook over an open fire and how to use wild flavours, plant flavours um, in cooking. And we've done that. We, well, we did that full time until we started um, Bax Botanics. But um, um, so over that time, we, we were teaching about wild food. We were teaching about plant ingredients. We were also consulting to the food industry. So chefs would come to us, manufacturers would come to us and ask us about you know, this particular plant knowledge. And we used to create things um, really just to inspire people or for other people, um, nothing for ourselves. At the end of every course, every foraging day course, um, there would be a whole selection of things for people to taste, things that I'd made from seasonal wild plants. So it might have been, you know, a gooseberry and elderflower vodka, or it might have been a lime, a lime blossom marmalade, or all sorts of mm. just things that were particular for that time of year. People would have a little taste of the different things. Um, so it was all about preserving those flavours but in interesting ways, whether it was wines or vinegars or jams or jellies or all sorts, drying and salting, these things, people would be inspired and have the recipes to go off and do these things. Um, but they would ask if we could um, sell them any of the products. And uh, we never did um, make anything for the market, but we just wanted to give people an idea of what they could make themselves, really. Amazing. Yeah, so Sort of we've been asked quite a lot of times over the years oh can you produce this will you create a company to manufacture this product and and, and nothing seemed well sustainability was a big thing we're a couple of tree huggers you know it's like uh, we're always worried about like god you know if we this wild preserve if tesco's decided they want it and suddenly we've got to produce thousands of of jars of it how do we how do we possibly get that stuff from the wild it's just not possible um sustainably so we we never did it um but um we kind of had this a couple of years ago just over a couple of years ago we had this sort of perfect storm of things come together where we uh we'd been working for uh doing some consulting to gin distillers and we'd been playing around with distilling um, we'd been asked to come up with a gin, actually, 
Um, but we kind of felt that uh, there is some fantastic gin products mm -hmm. out there, and also Britain has probably reached just about peak gin. I think you know, um, yeah. And, and, and it was a very difficult, difficult playing field to play on. So um, we also live in the middle of nowhere, and one of us always has to drive. And we were noticing very much that the local pubs where we are. Mm. And the restaurants, you know, amazing drinks lists. If you're drinking alcohol, yeah. crikey, what a choice you've got. You know, you the average pub around us now must have 20 different gins on their back yeah. bar, you know, that we they you can choose from. Great wine list, great craft beers, you know, really so much to choose from. And then you say you're not drinking alcohol, <laughs> and your choice at that stage was was minimal, you know. Yeah. And so we thought, well, why not? Why not try and produce something that is um, complex and adult and grown up? It mm. feels like a celebratory treat, but is alcohol free? And that's when we started playing with um, producing an alcohol free, I suppose, um, spirit substitute. Well, we, we actually, we've got some friends coming down to the woods and we were cooking for them. Um, like a Sunday lunch, it was a Spanish tapas style thing over the campfire. And we'd made some alcohol-free distillations to give them to drink just because they were driving and, and yeah. because it was just, it was a new thing and you can't keep a creative person down really. <laughs> so <laughs> we just made these things and we'd, we'd be using silver fur and all sorts of mm. ingredients from the woods actually in the distillations. and. I was really quite excited about them, uh, and our friends said, "Wow, these, this is so good! We've, uh, yeah, we've got to take this to market." Mm. Um, but yeah, as Chris said, we the sustainability was always an issue, so we could couldn't use um, ingredients from the woods, really wild ingredients. It just mm. wouldn't have been right. Um, so, so the organic herb trading. Um, came to the fore then and, and we started looking at um, ways that we could use fair trade ingredients that were but kind to the earth as well so um, the organic was was brilliant so yeah so we changed the recipes but the original ones yeah had uh, amazing bits and pieces from the woods yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 the, um, with distillation and the capturing of uh, flavor I and mean, I always um, uh, sort of bring up the kind of not just the gin makers art but the mm. sort of perfumier's art as well yeah. when you're making these things mm. and I'm sure gin distillers think about these things too but um, just like uh, a scent and a flavour are incredibly evocative of a time and place mm. um, and so when we've been playing around originally with distillation I'd, I'd, I'd actually even taken some of the forest floor you know and dried it out in the uh, uh, you know, literally the leaf litter and dried it out in the dehydrator and then distilled with that. And and it wow. it absolutely wasn't something you'd want to drink. To, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was incredibly evocative of that time and place. So when I when I, I initially started the recipe development and did a really I wasn't using forest floor, but I was using other things and and and, and I was I was struggling a bit with the alcohol free. But then Rose kind of approached it from a more from that angle of like a time and a place. Mm. And that's when uh, the flavours were born, really, um, because there was kind of different um, 
the drinks sort of come from the two that we have, Verbena and Sea Buckthorn. They're definitely part of the same family, yeah. but they're very different drinks. And um, Rose came up with them thinking about a sort of time and place. And that's, that's the nice thing is you can, having created two, you've, you know, it, it's, it gives the opportunity for you know, different people's taste profiles because every, everyone is going to have you know, likes and, and, and dislikes. And I spoke about it on someone else's podcast the other day. What I like is going to be very different from, from someone else. Um, yeah. And actually, it, I think naturally the low and no world, you know, people sometimes try and go, well, it's awful, and then just give this blanket approach that, that everything must be bad. But as you said, yeah. you know, you have 20 odd gins in your local bar. Well, you, you're not going to always like every single one. You know, we're all going to have different profiles. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think also, you know, I don't know about you, but like I'm, when I'm choosing a drink, it, what I drink on, a, on an evening in mm. January is not going to be the same thing I choose to drink yep. in, in a, on an afternoon sat in the sun in July. You know, it's yep. clearly not the same it's not the same requirements. And so mm. like verbena, our verbena uh, expression is, is kind of much more to me, um, much more summery. Yeah. It's fresh and it's bright and it's invigorating. Mm. And then when you did the sea buckthorn, you were looking at a completely different sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, relaxing to each chair at the end of the day. And it was, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was what I was wanting to achieve. And so, you know, when I was looking at the flavour wheel, I was actually considering all those um, those pointers, really, when uh, creating the recipe. So, yeah, there was sort of an emotion I was wanting to achieve as well as a flavour. Mm. Um, Which is important, I think, knowing that that occasion is, is you know, actually, you know, that whole, you know, you're not going to, necessarily pop a, a, a bottle of Prosecco on a on a Monday evening you know all the time but actually having different drinks for for those different occasions yeah yeah, yeah. definitely I mean that's why there's such a thing as an aperitif or yeah. a, or a yes yeah, some uh, a whiskey or something yeah, yeah they're all for a particular time yeah yeah no I think so and and you know it's um yeah, it's interesting that at the moment, uh, Steve Buckthorn, which is was the one that was designed to be more of the kind of wintry evening drink, that's the mm. one that's getting all the press in this winter, you know. Interesting. Uh, um, and, you know, I think that Babina is just as good. In, the, in a lot of ways, it's my favourite, but I just don't think it's, it's time. And I think, yeah. you know, when people are writing about alcohol-free drinks to drink while they're watching Wimbledon or something, you know, yeah. you know, the, the verbena and tonic with a slice of cucumber in it is just, it's just spot on, you know, I mean, it's like, it works so well and, and works also very well with some of the other sort of um, summer flavours. I always, for years with the foraging and all that, the elderflower has always been that kind mm. of quintessential English summer flavour, whether it's sort of elderflower champagne or elderflower wine or, you know, cordial, whatever it is, we, we make, you know, we make it all. And coincidentally, actually, you know, elderflower and elderflower tonics and cordial stuff go really, really nicely with that, the summery flavours of verbena. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I did consider putting it in there. I yeah, did you? Flour in the recipe, mm. but it was the old, um, <laughs> it was the old tree hugger bit in me. I just thought there's so many elderflower products out yeah. there. There can't be enough elderflower in the world to support yeah. it all. So I think, I think I'm not could, one of with these. the farms, I think they've had to start yeah. farming on yeah, a big yeah. scale now. So I think yeah. we probably would have been able to do it. But, yeah, uh, but, but yeah, there was a lot of that in in my considerations. Um, yeah, same with yeah juniper and all sorts of things. Yeah, it's so it <laughs> is probably so completely important. rubbish. Yeah, no, <laughs> it sorry. is. I mean, having sustainability is is incredibly important, and it's important for so many of the the hospitality brands. You know, they they're looking at it all the time, and and you know we we've we've got to look after the planet, and yeah, anything we can do is is important. Well, we have we have sort of pillars of our business, and one of them is sustainability. Mm. And, and whenever we make a decision, um, particularly larger decisions, but often small decisions, we always refer back to those pillars. And one of those is, as I say, sustainability. So whether we are looking at how we wrap up a pallet or mm. how we um, box a single bottle going out to a customer, um, or even you know how we heat the the office you know what, what electricity company we use we try and we try and consider those things um at each stage and it's actually amazing because if you if you consider it each small thing it, it's not it, it's not actually an inconvenience it's like it actually focuses your mind a lot more and uh, and so i think I've, I've always believed that with um you know ecology and looking after the planet Sometimes people are a bit overwhelmed by all the things they think they should be doing. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if we all made one, one change, you know, yeah. it, would, it would start and, and then did another change in a month's time and, and yeah. got better. Those small changes have amazing effects, you know. Yeah. So, it's, it's, um, so, yeah, sustainability is really important to us and, and, you know, as is our sort of um, environmental credentials, we, we work hard on those. Yeah, and it, it is so important. I had a, a conversation with the guys at Freestyle the other day, whose podcast coming out shortly, and you know they're all about that. You know that they, they very much said, right, we are fine. You know, being able to be the founders of this business, we want to do it in the way we believe, and that you know it needs people, all these businesses, as you say, even if it's a small bit, but that makes a, a big difference. Yeah, yeah. It's just being mindful about what, what you're doing. And rather than just, it's, I think it's very easy to kind of take the path of least resistance. And, and often that path of least resistance is, is historically what's been easy. And historically what's been easy is to not consider these things and to, you know, go for the plastic packaging and, you know, go for the, um, you know, inflatable bottle protection or whatever it is because it works i mean don't yeah. get me wrong it is it is an it's amazing at getting bottles from a to b yeah. without getting <laughs> um, um so get it but you, you i think we just have to think right okay yeah that's great that does a yeah. job but can we do that job better in a way that is going to be less of a burden on on the planet yeah. and so yeah i think and, and people are doing that it's like you yeah. say you know it's not there's a lot of research that you need to do. You really have to look into these things it's quite carefully, yeah. you know, whether yeah, whether it's boxes or ingredients yeah. or whatever, but yeah, the, whether things are flown or shipped or yeah. 
Yeah. There's a lot to be done, but yeah. Small changes. Small, small, small things. It is. And yeah, and if everyone, as you say, if everyone does those small changes, then then it will will make a big difference. And I'm I'm intrigued in terms of um, we were talking about obviously going to your local pub and there being 20 odd gin choices. How, what needs to happen, do you think, in terms of to have it so that actually it's 22 and there's two low and no you know, spirits on there? What is it that the consumer needs to uh, have that choice and it's a bit of time needed or is it hospitality need to do more to push it? Do you have your, your view on, on that? I think I think that, that that it is coming, and 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 you know we've been we launched in January 2019, and two years later there is there is a definite different yeah. feel within the market. But um, I think I think what what is a is a real interesting thing is that um, with the uh, with the alcohol-free drinks. Understandably, I mean, when, when we sort of started, we called our drink a spirit and, mm. you know, people associate it with gin and all these yeah. things. But our product has no juniper in it. Yeah. And obviously it has no alcohol in it. So yeah. it's not a gin. <laughs> yeah. And what what I think um, that it's this path, the path of least resistance again, and we took it on this case. You know, we, we went down that spirit route and mm. it kind of implies one thing. And I think... Um, we need to be really careful. The whole industry needs to be careful mm. because um, we're not trying to. So I don't think Back to Botanics is trying to uh, mimic alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, but it is trying to produce a luxury adult mm. drink that is a massive treat when you're not drinking alcohol. The other thing is that it's normally drunk when it's diluted. Um, like yeah, with yeah. a mixer. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. therefore, in that way, it's easy for the customer to understand yeah. that it's a spirit yeah. mm. because it's it, it's it's drunk that way. And yeah, I think, yeah. and it's made in a very similar way as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, we use. Well. You can probably see if Rose t- puts her head to one side, you can see a small still <laughs> behind her head, actually. Nice. Uh, which is, which is our product development product. We use it. I mean, it's it's a nice decorative thing, but we use it for product development as well. But. Um, you know, it's made in that way, but I, I do think that in order to, I think if we, if people keep tasting these drinks and thinking it's going to be like drinking gin, yeah, it can be, it can approach that, and you know, there's people within the industry who've done that really, really nicely. Yeah. But um, people say ours is is a great alcohol-free gin. Yeah, there's not a gin botanical in it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't. So we don't try and say it's no. a gin, but you drink it with tonic. And so people sort of make that it's connection in, yeah. in their mind. And it, it is a little bit like a gin, but, yeah. but only because there's nothing else to compare it yeah. with. Well, I think going back to yeah. your point, you know, I think what we need to do is convince people that there is alternatives to, uh, you know, really good grown-up alternatives to yeah. drinking alcohol when, when they can't or don't want to. It, it's amazing... We, so when we first started two years ago and we were going out and we were talking to people about these, they were like, well, what is the point? Yeah. So literally, <laughs> yeah. literally, we've had that from, you know, hotels and, you know, bar owners. And, What's the point? I can't see the mm. point. Who's, mm. Who is going to pay the price of a gin and tonic for an alcohol-free drink? 
Yeah. And and they, uh, but but people do, you yeah. know. Yeah. Equally, we have other customers who who've basically said, right, and okay, you know, our business lunches. Um, everyone used to drink water. Our our spend per head on drinks on our fifteen pound business lunch yeah. were awful. Then we created a big business lunch alcohol-free cocktail menu with four cocktails on it. Nice. And it's gone up 500%. Wow. You know, I mean, even if you just, even just hit people with that financial thing, that particular restaurant, their average, their average spend per head on drinks on a business lunch went up 500%. Wow. So I think back to your question, I think it's going to be led in, in a lot of ways. I think mm. that the TV, the media, um, the bars, yeah. the supermarkets, uh, in, there's going to be lots and lots of different sort of points and places where people are going to be slightly influenced, you know, whether it's TV commercials or, or just people being healthy after lockdown or, yeah. or, or, or whatever. But I think it's going to come from all sorts of points. Yeah, I think in the end, it's going to become just a thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. the alcohol, yeah. the, the 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 adult alcohol-free drink, whether that is, you know, um, a really interesting aperitif, whether it's a spirit-style drink, yeah. whether it's a beer, whether it's a cider, whether it's a wine, it's just going to be something that people see as another drink. Yeah, it's not going to be this kind. Of, so I think it's been this slight novelty for a few yeah. years. My, my feeling is now that, that that novelty value is still there, but it's kind of accepted novelty. Yeah. novelty. And, and I think it's really been helped by players, big players like Diageo, you know, producing mm. Gordon 0.0. Yeah. Because suddenly somebody goes, oh, right, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's a thing then. You know, yeah. Gordon's have done yeah. it. It must, that, that alcohol-free thing must be a real thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, people will go to that, just like they've always gone to Gordon's, as a as a that kind of mainstream gin mm. brand, they will go to that, and they'll then they'll they'll think right. And just like all the other gin producers found, you know, yeah, people then go well, yeah, but I want something different. I want something yeah. that's been made by, you know, a person in a in yeah. a barn, or you know, I want something with slightly different botanicals. I want something that appeals more to to my you know, to taste profiles that I like. And they will find, just like they found um, all these different gins, you know. Yeah. People, you talk to people who drink gin, they almost certainly have a favourite gin. After, of course, you know, yeah, yeah. Say, oh, no, that's my, <laughs> that's my go-to. People enjoy actually discovering the new ones and they'll be yeah. saying to their friend, oh, have you tried this one? Yeah. Tried that yeah. One? But, yeah, I think it's becoming, like Chris says, it's acceptable now to yeah. be be not drinking to be yeah. drinking something else yeah. and, and almost to be you can be proud that you're drinking something new and something different yeah um yeah. and not slightly embarrassed yeah. people used mm. to be like oh i'll have a tonic water would you put a <laughs> slice of lemon in it so it looks like a gin yeah. but yeah. not anymore i think no. uh, and it is i think the consumer having those options but actually the the industry has massively uh, well, put so much effort into making sure the flavors are there and everything. So the the choice available, but actually the quality now is, you know, just going yeah better and better and better. And I and I think, as you say, people will feel less inclined to to drink. And and I've I've been writing a few blogs recently, and 
looking at actually you know, there's quite a few pub landlords that are very much don't want it because I think they they fear of the the damage it could do but then my argument is that is actually people like the pub especially in the UK people like that pub environment actually would people swap a coffee shop for a pub if they had really good you know non-alcoholic you know drinks because actually it's a very nice environment and if you can have a really good quality drink maybe that actually if they embrace it they will do very well yeah well i think you, you brought up the coffee thing then and i think lots of pubs now mm -hmm. make really good money yeah. off selling yeah. coffee because you can go in there at lunchtime and yeah. and have a, have a sandwich with your mate and mm. one of you can have a pint and the other yeah. one can just have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and I think that that very easily translates and like I was saying about you know our customer who put this this lunchtime cocktail menu on you know it's it's a uh, it, it's if you give people uh, the opportunity to have that mm. then they will they will have it I think it's uh, I think it's very important for us as a kind of out-free producing community to to um, to market it in the right way as well. Yeah. So we've always said that if we go in somewhere, there is no point in just selling some bottles into this place and them stick sticking them on the bar back. Because they'll stay there. I can guarantee yep. they'll stay there and no one will ever touch them. Mm. What we need to do is we need to train the bar staff. So when I walk in, like I have done before yeah. we made Bax Botanics, walked into a pub and like, oh, uh, right, you know, I'll have such and such and tonic and it's a glass of Albarino for Rose. And it's like, Greg will have a pint of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, dry I'm driving. Yeah. Have you got anything interesting that that I can have? And And, and then they would basically go, no, not really. We do, we do, we do some really nice Fentiman stuff, and those ones like right, fair enough. Yeah. But what we need to do is make sure that it it becomes a thing. So that person who's who's not able to drink alcohol, whether that's driving, whether that's health, whether that's religion, mm. whether that's pregnancy, whatever it is, they have this option. I do think though that I think all the brands, because all the brands, we're all doing bits of PR. Yeah. We're all talking about our own brands but we're talking about the sector as well yes and yeah. i think that in a way everybody is clubbing together i mean yeah. like yourself and loads of people just saying it's a great idea yeah. um and and it's helping everybody yeah. um, no, it and, and the customers as well because it's yeah. it's it's showing them what what they can have yeah i, I used to be chef that's my background before mm. we met and uh, I remember back in the 1990s, one of the jobs that you least wanted to do was was design the vegetarian special. <laughs> yeah, so it would be like I worked in a you know a, a kitchen at one stage, very you know high end uh, thing, and, and back I say back in the 90s, it was like oh really? <laughs> do I, what, what are we going to do today? You know, it was yeah. hard work um and and oh, it wasn't hard work in the end you know it was it was interesting there's one of the chefs who came to work with us who worked in with um with a guy a michelin star chef who was quite into the vegetarian thing and he came in and he kind of just blew us all out of the water yeah. but but what i guess my point is that at that stage the vegetarian option was at the back of the list yeah yeah so it was like you can have this 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 and this with meat in. oh and by the way that we're doing a mushroom risotto or you know pasta and pesto or something at the end but now you 
so much oh, yeah. different. People, you look at a plate of food and they're picking flavours. It's almost like a flavour wheel, isn't it? Yeah. You've got all your different textures and, and all that. And it's the same with, with the drinks. Well, it? I think we, we always looked at plates of yeah. food like that, but... Yeah. You always had that centerpiece, which tended to be a lump of protein, and, and now that's not the case. And, and, and when you look at a menu now, it flows completely through vegetarian, non-vegetarian. It's only indicated because it's got a little V at the end of yeah. it, but it could it just reads as a menu. What we've got to do is convince the the drinks world that that's how alcohol-free works. Yeah. So, you know, it, it the fact that it hasn't got alcohol in it. It's, 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 it's about flavour. Yeah. yeah, it's about flavour, the occasion, yeah. what I want to drink now. So just like when you're choosing a bottle of wine, so some days it's, you know, I, I'm eating a particular food and it's a particular time of day and I definitely want a crisp white wine. Yeah. There'll be another time when I'll look at the same menu yeah. and I'll want to choose a real rich, robust red. Yeah. There is going to be a day when I want to go into that menu and find the one that says... AF next to it yeah. because I know that everybody in the group's driving. It's all wine. Yeah. They just they just do different things at different yeah. times, and I think that's what we have to look at and just make it part part of people's lives. Because yeah. as I say, the there are more and more times in our lives when we can't drink. You know, yeah. there was a time when when I mean I know when I left school and some of the guys you know went out we went out to work and whatever and lunchtime people would go out from an office and have two or three pints and then go back yeah. to work yeah i know bank managers used to do that every day yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just like uh, imagine <laughs> imagine trying to do that now yeah so that's oh, just yeah. a perfect there's a perfect scenario you know these these you know high-powered business business people want to drink something that's sophisticated and great they don't want to have the alcohol no no, and they don't want the sugar of you know whatever soft drink being you know, high in sugar mm -hmm. and and actually yeah the, you know you can't <laughs> if you drink three or four of those you'd be buzzing for the afternoon so you want you want yeah. something else that as you say is sophisticated and and if you are going out for dinner ha you know, as you said being a you know, don't mind paying the price and having something that is really good quality in terms of the flavour yeah. I think flavour is everything, you know, and, and that's what we've got to make sure as an industry, we we deliver to people. It's it's delivering that quality, um, and and also not, I think, not trying to say we're a substitute for yeah. an alcohol drink, alcoholic mm. drink. It's not a substitute. It mm. is something else that you drink when you can't drink alcohol. It's yeah, not. It's, an it's not. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a it's an alternative, but not a substitute. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's. That, that's that's really important because I think if people drink a lot of the the alcohol free stuff and think it's going to be like drinking a gin and tonic, yeah, then they might be slightly disappointed yeah. because you know it is a different product, mm. even though we make it in a very similar way. You know, there's a fundamental thing missing, and alcohol yeah. has an effect effect on your mouth as it yeah. does on your on everything else. You know, so um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's the key to it, really. Yeah. Is it, and, and it will happen. You know, those those choices will be there. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think the the world and different countries are definitely looking for the UK for the way it's grown this sector. I mean, I, I speak to America and Dubai and Australia a lot, and I'm always 
you know, I, I, in my mind, I always think, oh, you know, America must be way ahead. But actually, it seems to be that we are getting massive amount of attention for what, what we're doing in the UK. Have you felt that um, yourselves? Yeah, I think that um, I think that Britain has a lot of creative mm. people here. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why we're all so creative. But, you know, just, just historically, we, we invent things, don't we? We, we yeah. come up with ideas rare ideas people but yeah yeah the states and dubai the, yeah there's a lot of interest out there mm. yeah there is. And, and, and i think they will well i think obviously once hospitality opens in the uk it'll be very interesting to see how that adapts over here mm. but i do see the the i mean the us in the amount of sort of alcohol-free bars and everything i'm, I'm starting to speak to it is massively gaining traction you know very very quickly yeah no absolutely yeah we've got an interview this afternoon with a <laughs> an important lady yeah yeah <laughs> in, in the states, states. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah so yeah, yeah it's um yeah interesting things popping up everywhere um but it is interesting also that like you say i think the uk has produced some amazing products mm. i mean yeah in the end um the, as far as the spirit side goes, mm. it was basically, you know, Seedlip who, who yeah. broke that. You know, yeah. Ben, mm. uh, ben did such an amazing job, you know, yeah. by, by, because it must have been really tough. Yeah, oh, I, it was, really it was tough. A couple of years later when we started, yeah. you know, and people were going, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, at least he'd kind of got our product out there that was doing really well by the time yeah. we, we launched, you know, and so, that's obviously come from the UK and now is is international. Yeah, yeah. All these little brands are all sort of getting the interest from overseas. Yeah. I, it's yeah, it feels very very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's down uh, to technology, you know. Yeah. Like, well, like, yeah. Wow, you know, if we if you'd yeah. launched this ten years ago, fifteen <laughs> years ago, you know, who would have heard about it? Yeah. You know, it's just it's. Uh, but with social media and and um, and you know the the growth of the internet over the last fifteen years, you know we, you can market internationally. You can be a tiny little company, yeah, and you can market internationally. So it's amazing. Yeah, and and actually, I think now people because we have been locked down and whatever, they are looking to try new products because actually they're not going on holiday or whatever. So they can go out and discover these things because actually if that is that bottle arrives and that's your little bit of joy for the week is, you know, brilliant. Yeah, yeah that's, true. that's true. We did some little gift packs just before Christmas, um, just with the little tiny bottles in there. Um, with that same idea, really, that people could just buy the two little bottles and test mm. out which one they thought was for them but yeah they've gone really well yeah, yeah. but people I think liked the fact that they were in a box because we, we had just sold them separately as two bottles mm. to reduce packaging <laughs> um but people like to have the box of yes yeah. presents it nicely and it's got a little bit of the story of the product on there and some descriptions and things. they, they like that it's like treat but you were saying, you know, that's their treat for the week yeah. because they're not going, they're not going out on Saturday night. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's. And I think actually doing it in in small bottles is a great way of doing because it. it's, you know, when you 
have a spirit and you know if you don't know what you're buying it's quite hard as a consumer to go I'm going to make that purchase you know a bottle of beer is quite easy because if you don't like it it's maybe a couple of pounds but a spirit is definitely it's you know it's a commitment of a purchase so having the ability to actually try both as well you know you you've captured that sort of uh that that market where actually people are willing to to pay for it and can you know feel like they are getting that treat yeah yeah no definitely definitely no it's uh yeah it's the possibilities are huge at the moment it's uh it's a very exciting a very exciting time particularly the international stuff i said like you say you know it's 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 so big around the world um so yeah you must have tasted so many. I have. I I was saying to to Danny from the US the other day. I think I'm I must be up to about two hundred of different brands um, and different yeah. products and really? uh, yeah, it's amazing and it's of of everything you know every single category um, yeah. and uh, yeah I was uh, <laughs> there's there's a bit of a joke between between my friends because. You know, I think naturally people think you lose weight when you when you stop drinking. And I said, I've definitely done the opposite. <laughs> you know, with every free sample that, uh, that, that, gets, you know, that gets sent, it's like, oh, you know, I feel like I, I have to try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh, no, you definitely have to try it. You've yeah. got to be the font of all, uh, yeah. all knowledge, I think, yeah. you know, with what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is, and it's, yeah, it's fascinating. And, and starting to work i mean one of the things we want to to do is very much work on you know uh, guiding people as well with sort of perfect serves and how to use these products because again you know it's um you, you you don't just walk into a bar and tell the bartender how to do it you you know you need that education and when people are at home and that for me is a is a big part of actually the, especially the spirit world is going actually this is some varieties you know you may just want to try it with tonic or actually you can make this type of cocktail yeah yeah oh, i think cocktails are a, a huge thing and we do you know we do a lot with cocktails it's become well it's almost become your hobby yeah. now hasn't it, it? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. 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 yeah so i used to get really frustrated because we just like want to have a week just want to have a weekend off and i was like well let's make some alcohol-free cocktails and i was like no i don't want to I've been, <laughs> all i've been talking about all week is alcohol-free drink <laughs> i used to get upset about it but now i just realized it's just like well no, it's not Rose working. It's like Rose having fun, and it's yeah, uh, and it's. I'll be thinking, right? I'm going to make a tincture of cordial because I'm really thinking that Dex is going to be really good with a bit of orange and the yeah, sea buckthorn, yeah. or you know, which is like it is. It's a complete hobby. It's just like just like Chris cooking. Uh, it's yeah. just like yeah, I want I want to have a go with some of those flavors and see how it will all work. And yeah, it's and it's it is, messing around really, having yeah. fun. And I guess it's um, it's that balance between realizing that actually, yeah, you could go and develop ten new flavors, but actually, you've got two flavors and all the variations that you can you know you can create yeah. through adding different things in. Yeah, well, I do want to do some more flavors, um, some more distillations. I d- uh, yeah, I'm really easily distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I'll see. I'll see something on Instagram, and somebody will be doing something. I'll see something in a book, and I'll just think, "Oh yes," or I'll see something in the garden because the garden tends to be full of mostly edible things, as you might imagine. <laughs> um, and I just see something, and I think, "Oh yes, I can, 
I could use that. That's that's really exciting. So, yeah, new distillations. Uh, yeah, hopefully this year I'll get around to it. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll 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 look forward to seeing what what comes out. <laughs> yeah, back to your point about cocktails. I mean, I think that's another place. You know, when we talk about menus, those the, uh, Rose was listening to a little podcast this morning actually, and they were talking about um, uh, you know quite high-end cocktail mixologist who was saying it used to be just like the vegetarian menu, you know, the, the, the alcohol-free was on the bottom, but now they're becoming an integral part of that uh, of that menu. And, um, yeah, it's, um, I think, working with people, just like if you're a food producer and you produce an amazing, you know, whatever it is, Mm-hmm. Um, piece of produce is great to work with chefs because those yeah. chefs then just go, oh, I tell you what you could do with that, and then make it. They transform it. They take your kind of baby, your creation, and they 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 creatively use it to make yeah. something amazing. And I think you know, working with mixologists uh, has certainly been really exciting for us. Yeah, there's been quite a few of the the guys that are on Instagram that mix cocktails, and they've done. Some- really exciting things yeah back to the and yeah I, I think I know the flavors and I like playing around but yeah you actually get some of these mixologists on the on the case and yeah there's some really super stuff comes out oh, they, they are incredible and I yeah for me it's it will be the probably the high-end you know sort of um restaurants that will do that creativity and naturally that will float down into the casual dining world and and, and everything and that's typically where stuff starts and and you know I work with our mixologist and and actually a lot of it is simplicity you know it's so easy to overcomplicate things and especially when things people at home people don't have dry ice and smoke and everything they just, you know and don't have the time <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Uh, but I, and I think that's what's really interesting about the, and it certainly boomed during the the whole COVID thing is the is the home bartender, uh, you know, the person who is not a professional has a completely other, you know, different job, but like Rose, you know, they their hobby is is doing um, cocktails, and yeah. whether they're alcohol free or alcohol free, sometimes alcohol free, always mm-hmm. or or alcohol free never whatever it is those those people have they're they're doing it very much from the, the sort of home perspective um and i have to say you know i think with that this the, the internet being so kind of open to everybody you kind of i mean you get an obviously because it's open to everything you get lots of terrible stuff you know and i don't mean cocktails but just terrible terrible generally because everybody's in there but you it kind of levels the playing field, so you don't need to be the you know the the top bartender in the top hotel to to get your idea about this amazing cocktail out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And although we've we've worked with some great people who are absolutely at the top of their profession, mm. we've also worked with people who are teachers during the week, or you know they're engineers in another country or you know uh, um and, and and yet they're coming up with these these superb drinks yeah. so i think we need to foster that you know that that is going to be what um 
what makes our you know the whole sector more more um accepted because people are just going to see it the more people see it the more it's seen as normal it's not this kind of strange novelty cousin of the spirit of, of the alcoholic spirit world but yeah. you sometimes might drink if you can't have a gin and tonic it's it, it's not that anymore but the more we can kind of foster that idea the better i think it, one of the last little thing i'd say as well i think sometimes you can have like twin drinks mm. so you can have one with alcohol and one without mm -hmm. and you know but put some substitutes in there and so long as they're as good as each other um i think that that's a really interesting way of yeah. way of doing it um yeah yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it to that one <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah well, we've we've had some alcohol-free versions of drinks with back botanics in that have been as good if not better yeah. flavor-wise than than the alcoholic yeah yeah so, yeah yeah it's it's great it's really i that's exciting really Laura. Yeah, yeah no. we, we went to a really nice little cocktail bar in Bristol ages ago now and um, took some bottles in with us and um, was just chatting to, to the mixologist behind the bar and she was, I was giving her the things to taste and she she said, oh, I know I know what to do with that straight away. And I was like, well, yeah, no, go on, fill your boots, do it. It was great. I mean, such a great experience to sit there. And she made a uh, a south side, but she made a south side with Bactrosanix for being uh, no alcohol in it. And this was quite early on. We hadn't launched mm. very long, and we'd only just touched on the whole cocktail thing. And I, she, she, you know, she she just put it together beautifully. She put it in a beautiful glass. She garnished it, put it in front of me, and I drank it. And literally, I like had this kind of every hair on my body kind of went. Oh, I was like, my God, <laughs> that's, that's something. We made the base of that cocktail and it was just, oh, it was it was an amazing, I'll never forget it. I'll absolutely never forget it. And and the, and the South Side, I think, I, 99 times out of 100, 100 I drink back to Sanix with tonic. But that South Side, I'll keep on going back to. And I use it now, you know, before lockdown happened, if we were going out, Mm. training people you know and people go well, what can you do what can you do if uh, you didn't want you know you want to do something a bit different from just mm. put the sort of classic serve so i used to take a, a cocktail shaker out with me and do a south side and i don't think it has in every single case i've done it in kind of from a pub to quite a smart smart bars in hotels mm. everyone's just like yeah <laughs> that's, wow that's, that's <laughs> fantastic. Um, but that you know classic cocktail with with but with an alcohol-free ingredient. Yeah, you. I think you've just given me a new hobby about taking, <laughs> walking around with a shaker in every bottle, <laughs> and giving it yeah, to a bartender. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let get the creative people creating. You know, they're we're, we're good at we're good at distillation. We're good at making the drinks. But I think when you come to mixing, it's just uh, yeah, it's it's an art. Fantastic. But people, it is an art, and and people, but people come at it from such interesting, you know, points of view, and and you know, not just the classic route, but uh, we know somebody who's really got really into vegetable growing during the the whole lockdown. Top bartender got into vegetable growing now, looking at vegetable based cocktails, you know, and you just <laughs> think like, well, that's amazing, yeah, yeah. incredibly creative. Um, or you get 
because again, because of the internet and because we're managing to reach out to people all over the world, you suddenly see an ingredient being used. Mm. Because often I don't look where people are from, you know, you just kind of think, oh, it's a person doing something recreative. You think, right, I've never even heard of that ingredient. And then you realize that they're from several thousand miles away. And so Mm. that that is then introduced to you as well. And yeah, phenomenal, really phenomenal. Yeah, it's very exciting, the whole cocktail world. I, I think well, I think everything that, that's going on is incredibly exciting. Cocktails, the low and no, and you know, once we get out of COVID, I think it's yeah, it is going to be going to be an exciting world. And in t- until people can get out and try you in bars and restaurants, where can they where can they find you? Where where can they get a bottle? So um, probably the easiest place, and, and what seems to be doing really well is is online at the moment. Mm-hmm. So they can get it directly from us at www.backtobotanics.com. Uh, but uh, also places like Master of Malt. And then you've got an amazing, amazing in the alcohol-free world. We've now got some superb, you know, people like Wise Bartender who are doing great ranges. The Alcohol-Free Co, you know, all have these amazing ranges right the way across beer, spirits, cider, wine, all these different things. And and it gives people a really good, um, yeah, a really good choice and a really good um, place where they can go for all their um, alcohol-free drinks. In the north of England, if there's any, any northerners watching, um, there's Booth Supermarket. Uh, oh yes. The, the waiters of the north. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're in there and uh, yeah that's a great great supermarket. But, yeah all the other sort of farm shops and delis and smaller places. You could take for, for the bricks and mortar retail you know we tend to put we've got a map on the website so people can see um but uh yeah for we we're doing i think online sales uh through all sorts of industries obviously have done very well over the last year and we're noticing that is um that is what you know our our best routes to customer at the moment is through online as i say whether that's through us or from one of our sort of fantastic partners who are selling it yeah no amazing well we'll make sure there's there's links in the in the bios so people can go and check you out so yeah it's been a fascinating discussion we've uh, yeah explored lots of different areas and i'm excited to see what's coming next for you guys and and maybe we'll catch up again soon yeah it would be great thank and, you so much uh, thank Johnny. you so much for chatting to us it's yeah, it's, uh, it's great really good. no worries thank you very much all right cheers, cheers take care bye <laughs>